hello, hello. Welcome to the reincarnation, the 2021-2022 revival of ROR at Kia at Queen's University. Thanks to CFRC for having us today. My name is Jacob. And my name is Xander. And we will be your hosts, at least up until the winter term. We want to be a little different from previous terms. We want to make a consistent schedule, you know, come up with episodes every you know, week to every two weeks. So hopefully we can get more information out to you guys. Hopefully we make your walk to campus, your car ride, gym workout, whatever you do listening to podcasts, a little more enjoyable, a little more entertaining, entertaining, sorry, a little more global. Um, we bring a little bit of expertise, but we are students. We are not scholars. And therefore, we hope to bring on some guests this year. Yeah, you know, we're we're more just like uh, reasonably normal people. You can <laughs> bring hopefully a a somewhat global perspective to your lives uh, more often. Kind of one of the things we want to focus on in this podcast is trying not to make things, you know, too partisan, right? We want to make sure, you know, we obviously have our own biases, but we're hoping that, you know, in the production of this podcast, we can avoid those as much as possible and hopefully, you know, make a more balanced perspective uh, globally. It's very easy to kind of focus only on the issues that are important to us or that we think have a lot of relevance, but we're hoping to kind of broaden that and focus on things that, you know, are, are important, not just to us, but because, you know, this is a global podcast, you know, we're going to focus on things that are important to globally, ideally. All right. So for this episode, I think we're kind of focusing on, uh, we're just going to have kind of an easy uh, episode to start where, you know, we don't have any guests lined up. So we just decided we go through a couple kind of international affair news articles and just see uh, what we can bring. The other person, I brought four news articles. Jacob has brought an unknown amount. I do not know how many. <laughs> and we will kind of give the person the the basics of the article and then see uh, if they have any questions, you know. We'll kind of go over them um, and see kind of where it goes from there. Sounds good, yeah. I, did, I wasn't that productive, but... Um, That's fine. Yeah, I think the topics are interesting. So I guess we can start with one of my topics. I don't know. I'm the most important. Yeah, go for it. Um, so former Secretary of State Colin Powell passed away recently from complications of... COVID, I believe it was. He was battling blood cancer, I think. Um, it was interesting. I saw the Canadian headlines, like the Canadian media was was more focused on why this should mean that we get like, you know, booster shots and whatnot. Obviously, the, the COVID uh, stuff is, and um, hesitancy, hesitancy is a big issue in Canada. Um, but obviously, Amer- American media was more focused on, I guess, like his, his legacy, his military stuff. Um, I don't know. Do you know much about him? Um, I mean, how long has he been Secretary of State? Well, it was he was a previous Secretary of State. Uh, he was under it was George Bush Senior, I think. George Bush Senior. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, he was in the military first, became a four-star general, uh, and then was the first African American Secretary of State. I believe the the um not under Obama, so I think the one on uh the lady under Obama was also. Um, African-American and so I guess he was a trailblazer in a way um, he was controversial though I think for being part of the the uh, the push for the invasion of Iraq like the Iraq war yeah well okay I mean I guess that makes <laughs> sense considering who appointed him yeah that's the thing though I think I mean I was reading about it um, he I mean he was seen as a moderate and I think he he was a good speaker and he was kind of tasked with convincing the the allies of, of the u.s to join in obviously canada famously didn't do that um so i'm not i'm not sure how much he firmly believed in it because i know his he was he kind of butted heads with people 
like Bush and, and Rumsfeld and, and the other guys who I think were more convinced um, that they had, you know, weapons of mass destruction in Iraq um, slash one and two invade uh, for so even before 9-11, I think, I don't know, I report, reportedly I was reading. Um, so I think he one of his conditions was that uh, allies would, would join in and then therefore he would he would back it. So I think that was how he got involved. Hmm. Obviously, he regrets it. So it's a stain on his. Uh, a, a, I think it was a blot on his legacy, is what he said. But um, okay, interesting. I did see a headline about the one event he regretted, although I didn't click on it. So I assume that. <laughs> I was think I it. saw that one too. But uh, interesting. Yeah. Um, his, his his legacy is is uh, important, though I think for foreign policy, especially in America. Um, it was, I think, is like the Powell Doctrine. It's called. Hmm. Um, he he had a very a very big emphasis on restraint and getting you know, full support of the majority of American people, American allies, not entering unless you know victory was near certain. There was a clear exit strategy, this type of thing, and so obviously that didn't really translate during the Bush administration. Mm-hmm. Um, we see stuff like Afghanistan and whatnot, but maybe. You know, I guess some commentators are thinking Biden and then I guess the American first type mentality aligns with this Powell doctrine a bit better now. And I don't know. Do you see that? I mean, I won't lie. I don't I don't keep up a lot with secretaries of state. So like, I don't know, like do <laughs> neither do I do the I don't know, like if you even know this, but do the current secretary does the current secretary of state or did other ones kind of Anthony act Blink. similarly or did they take a page kind of out of his book or? Well, I think, I mean, the current Secretary of State, I think, is Anthony Blinken. And, yeah, Biden is, I mean, he pulled out of Afghanistan. as I mean, Trump was the one that ordered it, I guess. But, um, right. yeah, I do think there is definitely a, maybe a cycle, you know, the Cold War. And then there was a era of, of uh, hesitancy. And then there was Bush. And then now it's kind of like we shouldn't be getting into conflicts. Obviously, if there's not a clear exit strategy, if there's not, you know, such and such. Right. Um, don't know a ton about the topic, but yeah, I just wanted to touch on it. Um, yeah, so four presidents, including Biden, or sorry, plus Biden, uh, gave some praise for his legacy, and you know, um, but Trump didn't. Um, surprisingly, oh. yeah, he didn't. He didn't didn't really? like this guy. Wow. He also didn't like McCain and uh, other people. Kind of. Well, it's, that's interesting because usually in the States when somebody dies, even if they were a partisan figure, ever usually you'll see like the mainstream yeah. people go like, oh, you know, we we didn't hate him. He was a decent <laughs> yeah. person or she. I mean, in his case, in, in Powell's case, a hero is what they, they tend to say. Um, right. I mean, Mike Pence was was all uh, was giving praise to Trump. Just kind of, I don't know, doesn't really huh. fit in with the uh, <laughs> with the typical. It's unfortunate. It was kind of like he was kind of like a passive. It was like a backhanded comp. A backhanded rest in peace type thing. It was like really? he made a lot of mistakes, but I, you know, <laughs> rest in peace. Oh wow! Yeah, holy, unfortunate, but um, <laughs> oh my lord. Yeah. Anyways, I guess I don't know. You have any questions about that? The viewers might have before we move on to the next topic. I don't know. All I can think of is George Bush. <laughs> I won't lie. I'm just trying to think like how will people react when George Bush dies? True. Like, I feel like people kind of love him now or like like him like personally. Like, yeah, when when people you know. when the presidents move out of office, they tend to I don't know. I mean, I guess everyone looks good in comparison to Trump. Like even Bush, ta- I mean, probably talked 
uh, spoke out against Trump and whatnot, I think. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, I, I kind of wonder, will people be like, Bush was a bozo, don't rest in peace? Or will they be like, oh, yeah, you know, he was a nice War dude. War criminal. Perhaps he just made some suboptimal decisions. Yeah. I'm just, well, with, because with Powell, he wasn't like a president. Like, he's obviously very important, but. Yeah. I, I do wonder if the amount of power that the person has will change how people respond to the death. Although I don't think I've seen a lot of people like hate on dead presidents like recently that have like just died. I think most people are usually nice about it unless they're like very, very dead. They've been dead for yeah, a long time. Yeah, centuries. And in which case yeah. it's like, yeah, they're fair game for any insults. But yeah, you know. it's interesting. They kind of lose the, the humanity a bit. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. like it's like it's too soon when they're fair. I don't know. Well, I don't know what the threshold would be 10, 15 years. Maybe maybe that's even too much. No, that's too know. little, I think. I don't see Maybe people so being like, Reagan is, uh, I don't know. I see a lot of people insult Reagan. I guess. I feel like it's more in political circles. I feel like mainstream is kind of just like, ah, he was a right-wing president. Like, he was a Republican president of the era. Yeah, I mean, there are still a lot of people who have a fondness for Reagan. So exactly. I yeah. guess it's... Um, it was Maybe. also modern era, right? Like, it wasn't like Reagan owned slaves or something, whereas hundreds right. of years ago, that was... <laughs> that was Right. That was commonplace, I suppose, or hmm. I don't know. But anyways. Speaking of presidents, I have an interesting one. Okay, hit me. The Czech president can't perform his duties due to his health. Uh, basically, there's just a picture of him being in a wheelchair in August. I assume this is a new development, although to be fair, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's some other more chronic health issue. But hmm. just as of recently... Um, the president cannot anymore kind of do his he's 77 he can't he's unable to work and uh he would just bring he they just bring him to a military hospital and they said that he's unable to do any working duties for health reasons Jeez, um, must be pretty serious i assume they haven't released like why um, yeah he's at a hospital so people are just kind of speculating although i don't think there's any very well established conspiracy theories of uh we're looking for that established <laughs> conspiracy theory before we stake our claim to an opinion. That's funny, though. It reminds me of the Trump stuff where he was like, oh, he's eating McDonald's every day. He's not fit for office. I mean, there's other reasons, too, like his, um, his erratic behavior and stuff. Uh, I remember people were talking about dementia or something. It's funny. I mean, that, oh, yeah. that, that was his big uh, attack on Biden, too. Is And Clinton. He, that was really? always... Oh, yeah. Did you not see they kept using... This video of Clinton coughing to say she had like a disease. I forget what it is now. They kept trying to show her like being carried to a car and be like, yeah, see, Clinton's like dying or something. Oh, man. I, I, yeah. I think I remember that. So, I mean, it would be interesting to me if this becomes like a politicized. I mean. Yeah, not to bring back, you know, Trump and all the American yeah, stuff. But like, I don't know if this would be politicized in Chechia or, you know, the Czech Republic. Yeah, I don't I, know how polarized. I mean, to be fair, I don't. I, it looks like he's not going to be coming back to the yeah to, like duties. it's more like hopefully he gets well type thing and it's yeah it's like, not like he's fighting to not work let yeah. me work like in the czech republic i think the president mostly is just because they still have like a true, prime minister true so i think he's more like almost akin to um i guess like the governor general in canada yeah no. i guess well probably i more. think so i think he the prime minister like the role like he or she would I think it's mostly ceremonial and they would just kind of like find a party leader to form government. So yeah, I guess kind of like a governor general in Canada um, after a parliamentary election, right? So 
Um, I think if the president is unable to like do things, which seems to be the case, then it just goes to the prime minister and speakers of like both houses of parliament that take over the presidential powers uh, there. So, yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, I wonder what would happen here yeah, if get better soon. The governor general just got very very sick. Yeah, I guess. Well, I guess. I mean, just... I'm not sure if it's if the president as in in uh, Czech Republic is as. Uh, Probably not as powerful as uh, symbolic as the governor general is. Oh no, I I would highly doubt. Yeah, that. yeah, and yeah. Just by the way, like Czech Republic and uh, the Chechia are the same, mm-hmm. both correct terms. I was reading Foreign Policy magazine, and a Squid Game analysis was sent through a U.S. State Department cable. So if you don't know, which um, if you don't know what a diplomatic cable is, it's it's used by diplomats overseas to analyze trends within a country, report back on important meetings, and make policy recommendations. Um, So I guess they were, one of the big things was they were just talking about how Squid Game really resonates with South Koreans. I mean, a lot of people, I guess, but um, South Korea specifically with its stratified society and the big economic inequality. Um, Hmm. I don't know if if that makes any sense, but... Yeah, like, like even, uh, what was that film... Was it a Parasite? Year ago or a couple? Yeah, Parasite. Twenty nineteen. That yeah. was that was South Korean too, wasn't it? It was. And yeah, Correct so Mundo. maybe it's a, a whoops. Maybe it's a big topic there to um, talk about that sort of stuff, or at least it resonates with Western audiences when they make those movies. Yeah, and I think I went, what what uh, the article was pointing out was there's an election coming up um, with a lot of a lot of fair and just society rhetoric from the from the uh, politicians and. And scandals around them and and uh, corruption allegations. So I can't remember if South Korea has a corruption problem in politics, but hmm. but uh, it it was funny. I like I assume with what I've seen of Squid Game, like I haven't actually watched it. But yeah, I, me neither. Just I've seen imagery disclaimer. of like money coming down in this big vat thing, and I guess everybody wants it. And the more people die, you get more money, whatever. So like probably like about capitalism and class, right? Mm-hmm. But it was funny because um, I saw a video of a guy who was like, yeah, you know what? What I got from Squid Game is communism bad. And I was like, what? Like, like I've, I I don't know. I don't think it's as class focused as Parasite. Right. It's probably more like overall we're all in it, I assume is what it's trying to like. Mm. It's not saying like if there were certain classes of people in like Squid Game that were like brought on that had significant advantages. Sure, but I think it's less class focused than, like Parasite and yeah, Parasite's a great movie. Yeah, I have seen that. Um, I think the the article was pointing out how it's like a winner take all type mentality in obviously in Squid Game and um, let me find let me find the exact quotes. Yeah, and just economic frustrations within um, within society. Uh, it really resonated with. I guess they have a a really high suicide rate among. 19 to 29 year olds um became the leading cause of death in 2020 wow um yeah that's 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 uh that's crazy yeah and i mean they attribute that to economic stuff in the article i'm sure there's lots of lots of factors but um so like i don't know if you know much about like the domestic south korean political landscape but like do you know if nada no okay i was going to ask if maybe parties in South Korea are gaining on like 
higher taxation or like you know more i would assume so i mean it seems like it's getting pretty bad to the point where it's now being popularized in in uh in media and and movies um right i feel like if that's the message that is really resonating with folks it's probably well past due to maybe change some things up i don't know it just they listed uh um low prospects of jobs for youth um struggling to find yeah employment marriage upward mobility hmm. um it was interesting it was noting how um junior diplomats have been known to write their dispatches with flair to get the attention in washington um a well-known example is late diplomat george kennan's long telegram an eight eight thousand word analysis sent from moscow that laid the groundwork for the u.s policy of containment during the cold war just in case people are you know, wondering what this this cable significance is or anything. Huh. I mean, not, not that this is the same same level. It's just giving a bit of context of right of the regular analysis that uh, foreign mm-hmm. foreign workers and um, bureaucrats do. Hmm. Yes, North Korea also sees on the opportunity to insult uh, <laughs> South Korea. So, oh, of course they do. Yeah, although, although of course this, the uh, the movie is not available there. <laughs> you cannot stream. Okay, shall we go on to yes. the next? Yes. Okay, so. This next thing is kind of a mix of multiple things. And to be fair, it could be a whole ROR episode on its own. So I'll be brief on it. But basically, Pandora Papers, right? I assume you've heard about it. Huge. Yeah. Huge. uh, The ICIJ. um, What's that? uh, The International Consortium of Independent Journalists, Mm. I believe. um, Released like this huge report, right? With tons of like people who are like prime ministers, presidents, just billionaires millionaires etc who you know found either tax Me. loopholes or tax evasion yes exactly yeah <laughs> and um it was interesting so two things that stood out to me well there was there's was a whole bunch but like the king of jordan got like tons of like estates and properties but specifically tony blair i have an interesting note on that but continue okay tony blair right who was the former like labor leader in the uk right and former prime minister uh, he and his wife used like a tax loophole to get around like 300,000 um, pounds, I guess, by like, I think it was something like the property was owned by an offshore company. So the Blairs set up a UK company for the express purpose of buying that offshore firm. And then once they owned the offshore firm that owned the house, they dissolved it and brought the property under UK control. So they didn't have to pay like stamp duty. So that saved them like 300,000 pounds. But it's funny because, like, sure, it's just, like, a tax loophole or something. Mm -hmm. But even, like, when Tony Blair, like, when he was first, like, elected, he was talking about, like, how people are exploiting these loopholes and, you know, avoiding taxes and doing terrible things. Really? So it's just kind of funny that. Why would you do that? That happened. Well, money, man. I mean, I think he Well, like, talk about it and then just, like, know that you're doing it. It just seems kind of. Well, he was in the politics game at the time. And then now I guess he's like, hey. I've, he has True. tons of money, I guess. Now politicians. I think he is like spineless. I think he and his wife have like tons of properties just around the UK. Naturally, I think it was something like thirty properties or something crazy. Okay, and then the biggest thing probably to come out of Pandora Papers is the president of Chile um, ha- is now in the process of being impeached. Chile uh, still need to go through some votes and things, um, but essentially it was something like there was a firm that was owned by his children that there's a firm owned by his children that sold a mining company to one of his like good friends and one of the clauses 
in that was part of the money um, was dependent upon the site of the mine not being declared like a like a uh, environmental like like an environmentally protected area. Of course. So that has him in some trouble there. Um, I don't know like the likelihood of him being impeached. I think I saw something about like the places it was going through being like owned by the opposition. So there may be a good chance. I don't know if you need like a super majority or just a simple majority to impeach, but it'll be interesting to, interesting to see what kind of what happens to Panera. Uh, uh, Sebastian Panera, of course, being the uh, president of Chile to see what happens mm. to him there with that. And that's not like a, a totally uh, kosher process, right? Like, isn't there some sort of kind of controversy around the authority to impeach and, and um, is there like democratic backsliding issues in that at all? Or is this simply just a, he did something wrong. He's going to be impeached. Uh, it's not like a, I think partisan issue. I don't think it would be a backsliding issue. I mean, okay. well, maybe not this specifically. I, I do think if there was an equivalent in like Canada or the U S we would probably also react. Like if, I don't know if Trudeau had his wife sell a mining firm to speak for we charity, a good friend to like Jerry butts or something. And then one of the conditions was like, yeah, the last payment is conditional upon this policy not being enacted and this not being like an environmentally protected place. Yeah. You'd probably be like, what the heck? But yeah, um, that's not cool. <laughs> not cool. Um, so I don't know. That's not lobbying. So, you know, we'll see, I think um, what happens there. I would be, I would be surprised if this guy won the next election, but who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I mean, Trudeau survived the We Charity thing. Oh, that's and true. And whatever else there was, there was some SNC-Lavalin. Yeah, I mean, Excusez-moi. Trudeau's very, very slippery, I think, when it comes to those sort of allegations and stuff. And oh, like, yeah. Even like the the brownface, blackface stuff. He's rolling. He's rolling in there. It's like, you can have all this stuff, and he just goes, I'm sorry, and then he moves on, and then yeah. the voter numbers return to normal man it's funny politicians nowadays are just like some of them speak like robots like i know they try it's interesting i feel like they would resonate so much more if they just talked like i mean i feel like trump made the big wow when he came in it was like this guy does not speak like any politician ever and it seems to be working with his segment and then i kind of see familiar i kind of see similarities with doug ford um just being like, oh, yeah. like he, he uses like so much informal language. It's hilarious. Like even I saw a news headline. He was talking about immigration. That was a whole separate issue. But he used some sort of um, some sort of informal slang and just in the way he was talking. But anyways, yeah. yeah, I find Trudeau very like it seems extremely fake to me. I mean, not not to be partisan. Like I, I see that with other leaders, too. Um, I don't I don't pay attention to a ton of domestic messaging in Canada, but um, I don't know. I thought Aaron O'Toole was maybe the similar. But uh, thank you everybody so much for listening to the Queens International Affairs Association's Right of Reply podcast with me, your co-host, Xander Xander Asperin. And my name is Jacob. And thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time, hopefully soon. In about two weeks or less. Or slightly more. Hopefully we meet again, yeah, at a future date.